0: Down in two. Now we do. Baby, Curry, wide open three. Bang! Bang! Curry from downtown. Warriors up one timeout. The magic of Steph Curry reappears. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Wall Street Journal podcast. It's a solo podcast and um, great news for me. I went to my first Knicks game in 15 years at Madison Square Garden. And as you all know, I'm a huge diehard Knicks fan. So many of you will probably be asking, why did it take so long for you to go to a Knicks game? Well, let me explain. So I lived in New Jersey growing up, went to a couple of Knicks games And then I went away, and I was in Boston for eight years in Philadelphia. So I certainly went to my share of games, you know, at the TD Garden, at Wells Fargo. But New York was always a little bit too far away to get to the Knicks games. Well, I'm back in Jersey now, and I knew I had to get back to Madison Square Garden to see another game and see what it was like. And as many of you all diehard fans or even fans that just like the team recently being in a home arena is something completely different. Madison Square Garden was fantastic. The crowd was great. The atmosphere, it, it, it felt very different than any of the games that I've gone to see, the Celtics or the Sixers, regardless of who they were playing. It felt like I was home, part of a family. And that's what sports fandom does. And that's why we started this podcast, you know, five years ago, because um, sports means a lot to us in our lives. But then I started thinking while I was at the game, you know, the Knicks were playing great, they beat the Heat, I loved it, I loved every second of it, you know, and I started thinking, this sold out crowd, how is everyone here? I certainly know my, my ticket was not cheap. Um, I was in the upper, upper bowl, and the ticket was like $250, and I bought it a couple months ago, I, I don't have season tickets. And I started to think, like, was this the same 15 years ago when I, when I started going to Knicks games? And I certainly remember it wasn't, because my family wasn't in a place to afford games in the Upper Bowl for $250. And, and certainly the Knicks weren't very good uh, in the 2000s when I went to them. But it got me thinking, you know, what is the cost of fandom in the NBA now? And why is everything so expensive? Now, of course, inflation over time. But there's something different about the NBA now. And it's a it's a disappointing trend for me, because you know I started doing some research, and obviously this podcast is not about doing research. It's a it's about getting getting um, the fan opinion out to all the folks that listen. But I was curious, you know, sports in general is supposed to be this avenue to bring people together, which it certainly does. I I felt great being Madison Square Garden. I wouldn't have given up. I would have given up any amount of money to be there but I think that's the catch is that people love sports a lot and that they're willing up to give up any amount of money to be there but should they really have to do that so I was looking at some trends for what the average cost of a ticket would cost and and I'm going back to 2006-2007 and it cost about $47 and from that time we saw a steady increase and decrease up to 2015, 2016, where it went up to 55 point, um, like almost 56 dollars, and, and you know the, uh, the the late 2000s, early 2000s of NBA basketball wasn't that exciting, and it wasn't until you know like the 2010, 2011 season, as um, LeBron made his way to the Heat, and uh, the the Warriors became really exciting, that that things picked up. But some alarming trends to me were that when I look at The cost of tickets in the NBA in 2019, the average cheapest cost was for a Minnesota Timberwolves game, and it was $58. And the most expensive ticket was the Los Angeles Lakers, and it was $473. And that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And, you know, the pandemic happened. Of course, the NBA had to close its doors to fans for a year. But something flipped, and the NBA didn't go up in cost as it did usually. You know, $5 over 10 years from 2006 to 2015 seems reasonable. But now when you look at the most most frequent data uh, from 2023-2024, uh, tickets are more than twice that cost. The Indiana Pacers tickets are the cheapest now at $138, and... Um, Tickets to the Warriors will cost you something like $611. And I just think to myself, like, are we pricing out? Are we changing what really brought me into sports, which was being able to go to games, watching them on TV? And do we have to figure out ways that the NBA can not just cater to audiences, particularly franchises like the Warriors, the Lakers, the Knicks, who have even more expensive tickets than... Than smaller markets and how do we keep young people engaged um, you know I have friends that were Knicks fans for a long long time and they wanted to stay being Knicks fans but they found that going over to Brooklyn was something that they could afford and do more frequently and they grew to love that team and now they're Brooklyn Nets fans and that's sad that just because of the cost of tickets people change their fandom and the alternative is what I did, which is I couldn't afford to go to games, even when the Knicks were terrible, which you know has been for the greater part of the last decade. The tickets were still expensive; it was still like a hundred dollars to sit in the upper bowl. In fact, you know, data from from the Knicks' first playoff game in like a decade against Atlanta in twenty eleven, the average cost of tickets for that game. Or the, according to secondary market listing, so of course you know it's not necessarily what the stadium sold it for, but what people bought it and are reselling it for was four thousand four hundred and sixty-two dollars. That's crazy! It was more than games costed uh, in the NBA finals in the previous decade. And obviously, if you pay, if you're willing to pay for it, they're going to charge you that much. But the NBA has got to figure something out because I think they're start. They're gonna if they haven't already. And some markets have. They're going to start losing people. They're going to start losing young fans. They're going to start... They have to do something to invest in the next generation. They have to say, you know, we want to keep the next generation coming in, being excited, being in the atmosphere, being excited to be a fan of the sport, being excited to be a fan of the team. And it's not like the NBA makes the vast majority of their money through ticket sales, even though that has increased over time, most of the NBA money comes through TV revenue, and we know that as as the new TV bargaining agreement is coming up, they're going to make an exorbitant amount of money, and players' contracts are going to go up, and and salary caps are going to go up. But is there is there a way that they can you know keep ticket costs cheaper so that fans can come to games? Um, the New York Post did a uh just a one-year update and seeing what covid did for for ticket sales you know from the year before they allowed fans in to the year after they allowed fans in and the vast majority of teams had a remarkable increase in the amount of money they made from from um the gate receipts you know the, the ticket sales teams like the Warriors, who already costed a lot of money, as we mentioned, still went up about 20%. 4.175 million dollars from 3.5 million dollars. Teams like Brooklyn, which obviously were very exciting in that, at that time period with, with Kyrie and Durant, their tickets cost their, their ticket sales for gate receipts went up 100%, 2.145 million from 1.028 million. And these trends don't seem to be bucking. You know, they, they're they going up exponentially. They're going up every year. And they're going up at a rate that it didn't used to go up. And which is, which is common for all of our inflation, certainly. And I can't tell if that's because of the secondary market and the NBA doesn't really have control over that. I know, like a decade ago, the NBA started trying to make it possible and each team had to have about... I think it was like 100 tickets or 200 tickets that they had to give out for a cheaper amount um so that they can have like a you know an audience that um can afford it and certainly each team generally promotes by giving out some free tickets um whether it's to um community members that are doing amazing things but my worry and my is that you know 10-year-old Nishant would no longer be able to afford um, to go to go to Knicks games and maybe he wouldn't be the fan that he is now if he couldn't afford to go to those games now certainly I'm at a place in my life where I can pay that but it makes me feel like I'm part of the problem you know when I pay $250 to sit in the upper bowl and have an amazing time obviously the money was worth it am I contributing the trend of people are willing to pay for it. So either the primary teams or the stadiums or the secondary market is willing to charge them that that amount. And I liken this to, um, I wish the NBA either expanded the number of tickets that go for cheap, or I liken this to something like Broadway. Uh, That's been something that I, I've been to a lot of Broadway shows, maybe not just in New York, but in Philadelphia where I used to live, um, or, or Boston. And what I really like about Broadway is, unlike basketball, which has gotten more and more and more popular, I think there is this worry in either you know, Broadway or orchestra shows that those are dying arts. You know, no, no one really likes classical orchestra or age, and if they do, there's a smaller population. And similarly for Broadway, as, as, as the movie screens have gotten bigger and cinematography has gotten better, maybe people aren't as interested in going to musicals or plays or what have you. And certainly Broadway tickets aren't cheap. They might not be New York Knicks tickets cost, but they're not cheap tickets by any means. But they want to promote a younger audience to come in. And so they always reserve a certain number of tickets for cheap. Or they have things like rush tickets. You know, you can get tickets that wouldn't ordinarily be $150, 200 dollars for extremely cheap, you know, something like $25 or $45. And I really hope that the NBA looks at this trend and looks at how much of their money is truly coming from ticket sales and understands that yes, we're in a golden era of basketball. But If folks start to lose interest of of physically going to games, you can only push the needle so much where the money is great, but if the interest starts going away or people can't afford to go, the sport is going to be in trouble. And that's something that none of us sports fans want we want to go to games we want to be engaged with the teams we want to have a rocking crowd like like we had against the heat yesterday so my hope is that the nba develops further ways or teams individually develop other ways and this is not all teams certainly some tickets are way more affordable than others but especially those teams where ticket costs can be extremely expensive they figure out ways to either withhold tickets from the secondary market and find ways to, to, to give those to or find, find students or, you know, high schoolers, middle schoolers. Some, some way of giving out some tickets to a population that probably can't afford it so that they can go enjoy the game. So we can have diversity at the game. We don't really just have people with deep pockets who can pay that money to get there. And, um... That goes the same for the regular season as the playoffs. Um, playoff tickets, of course, are more expensive and, and Super Bowl tickets, uh, uh, not, not, not basketball, but obviously things like Super Bowl tickets or NBA Finals tickets are really, really expensive. But my hope is that they figure out ways that they can keep engaging the audience, particularly because they're going to keep making money from the TV deals. They're going to make more and more money from TV deals. And hopefully that will make it so that they can take the hit that might come from, you know, individual ticket costs. So, as I wrap up this podcast, um, you know, I am really, really grateful that I got to go to the New York Knicks game. I really hope I can go back there. And I'm at a place in my life where I can afford that. But, but it did bring out a glaring issue that is brewing and um you know the nba might be fine for the next five years but at the pace at which the ticket costs have increased since covid since um since that time period as inflation has gone up maybe or as nba teams are trying to recapture some of the lost money from that 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 year um i just hope that the people at B remember the more than just the bottom line they remember the joy and the excitement that comes from being at a game particularly when you're a younger kid who spends you know their afternoons at the basketball court playing pickup or is just learning to pick up the ball and trying to figure out you know are they going to be a basketball person or are they going to be a baseball person or a football person because they play multi sports as a younger age i hope they remember those guys i hope they remember the younger me and don't say ah we don't need that person they can't afford the money and hopefully they say no it's it's important we got to get that kid through the door so that maybe 15 years from now or 20 years from now Somebody else will be podcasting just like me and Ajay um, and Saad and of course our producer about the joys of being a basketball fan. So with that said, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys learned something new Um, and see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wall Street Journal podcast. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to our producer, Sandeep. Without him, this podcast is not possible. To keep up with all of our content, please follow our Instagram or Twitter account at bsjpod or our website, uh, www.bsjpod.com.